What's up, dog? It's episode 31 of For Our Edification. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of For Our Edification. I'm Eddie Francis. For Our Edification is a podcast where we learn to lead others by leading ourselves. And if you want to get past episodes of For Our Edification, make sure you go to eddiefrancis.com. You can also check out some episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So when my family said that they wanted to get a dog, all I could talk about is how much work it would be on us. Who knew, who knew that getting a dog would actually teach us more about ourselves? You know who knew? Wilfred Hester. He is a dog trainer. And when Wilfred talked to us about training our dog, he talked much more about training the people than actually training the dog. We're going to find out how that works. The views and opinions expressed on For Our Edification do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the hosts, guests, or any entities with which we are affiliated. Joining me on For Our Edification is uh, the man who lives a dog's life. His name is Wilfred Hester. (laughs) He is the founder and owner of Wilfred Dog Training. And, uh... Man, well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, and it's it's going to be an interesting conversation. I'm going to try to stay away from as many dog jokes as I can. Okay, do I'm, it. I'm going I'm to try. I'm going to try. Um, but I just want to start off with this really interesting thought, just to kind of set it up, because one of the things we really like to talk about on the podcast is the value of identity, and I. I have learned a lot about myself with with the dog, with Miss Allegra. So, so let me let me let's talk about you though. Um, okay. How did you how did you even get into it? What made you say I'm going to be a dog trainer? So growing up, I actually only had one dog as a kid, and I didn't have it for more than a year. But I always had an interest in animals. Mm-hmm. So, I think I was like 11 or 12. I volunteered at the zoo got denied I was the only person of color in that room um and got older and I went through a bunch of careers and I was like what did I always want to do as a kid and literally no lie a commercial came on about dog going to college to become a dog trainer dog groomer or a veterinarian really? I was like, I'm not going I'm not going back to school I did that I played college baseball and college just wasn't for me so I googled how to become a dog trainer and Petco came up took me from there get the hell out of here really first of all i didn't i didn't realize you played i didn't realize you played baseball get out of here yeah what position did you play i'm a left-handed pitcher oh lefty all right southpaw coming right down the pike at you okay (laughs) that's a little bit a little bit it's a tricky dude for you man (laughs) a couple of couple of tricks it it don't have to be hard it's gonna be tricky though so so you decide you're gonna get in the dog training the first mm-hmm. time that you took on a client and you had to charge him, I mean, were you nervous about it? What, what were you thinking when you're like, okay, I'm about to ha- ask somebody to pay me so that I can train their dogs? Now, that's a really good question. Um, I, because I was living in Lafayette at the time. Mm-hmm. And so Petco made me the head trainer as soon as I got out of training with my mentor who had 30 years. Um, and she was moving. So they made me the head trainer. And I was like, 
no, I'm, I can do this by myself because I can take on what I want instead of everything that walks in Petco. Hmm. So, goodness, uh, you know what? I was working as a bather um, mm-hmm. at a really, really nice spot in Lafayette, Bark Avenue. And they just kept pushing me as their dog trainer. Um, they really helped me a lot and grow. And I actually, my first client, we had a conversation in Bark Avenue. And she was like, you know what? Come on. Like, let's go. And she asked me my prices. I mean, pricing really wasn't too hard. A lot of people didn't expect free except for family and friends. Um, <laughs> the usual But suspects. even then, it, exactly. Even then, like, I, I did it for free because I was like, I'm just getting started. At mm-hmm. least it's going to help me get my name out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I find now everybody wants to charge the average rate when they're just starting. You can't do that. You have to build a name for yourself. If you tell me, hey, man, I'm just starting um, cutting hair mm-hmm. and you charging me what I'm already paying my barber, I might as well just keep going to my barber. I don't want to pay somebody new who might screw up. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of have to build, but instant gratification is a thing nowadays with social media. Yeah, but that, but 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 with you, it sounds like what you did. You were, it sounds like you were realistic, and you, yeah, you knew you knew who you were. You knew that you were new to the game, so you charged whatever the modest beginner type of rate is, and then you did. You were able to build from there. So that that is rare, though, for people to be that realistic, though. It is. Um, I think it's just because that's where I come from, man. Like my parents growing up, I had we weren't we were well off. I'll say that my dad was a store manager when Walmart first became big. Um, mm-hmm. He used to work at Schwagman. My mom was a paramedic. So we were pretty well off. But my parents made us work for everything. So mm-hmm. my brother and I, we both started from the bottom and just worked our way up until we got to where we wanted. Um, And we realized like you can't just come out and say, well, hey, this is what I'm doing. You got to pay me the full price of whatever you're paying somebody else. You got to start building a name for yourself. You you might have to take some people on for free. You never know. But eventually you grow that name to where you can charge the average price. Um, I think my prices now are probably about three to four hundred dollars higher now. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I haven't touched my prices in about two or three years Uh, everybody's telling me i should go up but i mean we're in inflation man and realizing people need dog training Mm -hmm. uh some people say dog training is a luxury but it's kind of a need for somebody like imagine if you had to handle allegra who was aggressive towards other people or dogs i mean at that point it's either she's going to kill somebody or you can handle getting a trainer so that's where I'm at as far as I, I should, but I'm kind of at that fine line where I'm probably not for a while. So, you know what? I do want to I do want to park it right there because I do. I'm interested in the word need that you used. And and in my case, I think you're right, because um, so for for context, for anyone who doesn't know, um, you know, Halima and I have a 90 some odd pound Rottweiler who's about to turn two years old. And she is the sweetest thing in the world. But we have seen, <laughs> we have oh. seen where she's ready to like get at somebody she doesn't trust. So All right. is that what you center that word need on the fact that 
dogs can be well any pet honestly but dogs can be unpredictable so people need to really understand their dogs is that is that where the word need come from comes from yes it comes from need as in that aspect of i mean you never know they un unfortunately they are animals you can't tell me my dog's not my son but <laughs> to see him in protection mode um when i've had to trigger it in the past it's scary like because yeah. the eyes change, the teeth, the canines are showing. And a lot of people think that's a game. But imagine one of your neighbors might have a dog who's like that every day. And they, they're harboring a fugitive or they're walking it late at night when nobody might be outside. Mm. Those mm. kinds of people are the, the people that we get who it, it's a need at this point. Their, their grandchildren can't come over. Um, mm -hmm. people can't come over or they got to put the dog away. And, at, and realistically, that's not the best thing for the dog. So that's why I said like need, because people have dogs like that and they either hide them or they give them away. It's a bunch of different things that we deal with. And I'm a realistic person. Um, at the end of the day, you have to make a decision if the dog bites one of your kids or something. It, it's a realistic decision you have to make at some point. You're listening to For Our Edification. I'm Eddie Francis, and we're talking to Wilfred Hester. He is Wilfred of Wilfred Dog Training. Um, and um, so, so, all right, when you started working with me and Halima, and for anybody who's listening, I am deliberately phrasing it this way. When Wilfred started working with me and Halima, um, I remember you alluding to training as being more for people than the dogs. Um, so, so without naming names, uh, mm -hmm. first of all, why is that for your philosophy to, to really focus on training the people, but then also, can you think of a case where you had a client, um, who, when you started working with them, uh, they, it just looked like they didn't really see the connection, but then as you went on, you saw that growth between them and their dog. Oh, so the first part of that question, um, it's for people because I have a lot of cases where the dog acts a certain way with me and a certain way with their parent. Um, and that's because dogs, they have to trust you. They have to have enough confidence with you that if something comes up and it hits the fan, that you have, to, you have their back. Um, yeah. And if you don't, they have to save their own lives. Um, I tell people every day that everybody as it, on the human side isn't meant to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. So think about your dog every day. They got to run the household if you're not taking, their, taking up for them when the kids are getting on their nerves and things like that. They feel like, well, I got to have my own back. And dogs don't say, hey, stop. They growl. <laughs> they yeah. snap. They bite. So that's where things get worse. But you give that dog to somebody who knows how to handle them, that they can trust and have confidence in. The dog's like, man, it's a breath of fresh air. I don't have to have my own back. Mm -hmm. And watch everybody else's, too, because it's not just them they're worried about. They feel like they got to protect the whole house. Mm -hmm. So everybody has to stay in their place, depending on what breed you have. They're more headstrong than others. Mm -hmm. And as far as the, the second part of the question... Yeah, somebody, um, who, somebody who you saw blossom and, and they will blossom with their dog. Man, I can I can shout out a lot of my parents, um, y'all specifically. And the thing is, um, I'm saying y'all because 
y'all are here, but it, it's kind of like a light bulb that hits at a certain point in that session. Mm-hmm. And normally I hate to see it, but most people that light bulb clicks when they're at their breaking point and they're like, I'm tired of it. <laughs> and I hate to see it get to that point. Yeah. But sometimes people get to that point and the light bulb finally clicks. You know what? It's funny. I mean, all right. So here's the funny part to be. And I don't know. This is the part where I would have a hard time being a dog trainer. The way people name their dog sometimes and then they start begging them. Uh, like if somebody names a dog Aphrodite and, you know, they're just like, Aphrodite, stop. Aphrodite, stop. Yes. <laughs> I get some names, man. I get some names. And I'm like, What? It's weird for me to say him. <laughs> I have one. So and so you you've been on our app before. Yeah. And I was looking and it said Prince and I it, it was like an end name. And I'm like, what does this say? <laughs> and I, so I finally get in contact with Mr. Jason and we're talking. He's like, oh, yeah, Jojo. And I'm like, that's <laughs> not how you say that name. I didn't even I still don't know how to pronounce this dog's real name. <laughs> but I just call him Jojo. Like, that's it. Because <laughs> I can't say that name. I have so many bows and rules. Everybody gets a do- uh, uh, doodle. They name it bow or mm. rue. There are a lot of doodles? Yeah, I get a lot of doodles. Wait, a lot of dogs named Doodle? Oh, I get that too. Oh, okay, I've okay, okay, too. okay. All right. Or, I'm you. saying like golden doodles. Oh, People name them Bo and Rue, and I'm like, can yeah, we see, just I'm... get a normal, like a regular name? Like my dog's name is Kovu. Yeah. I've only ran past that name in his eight years of being with me three times, and I love it. Like I love the fact that I'll probably rarely run into that name. Yeah. I wanted to stick to a Lion King theme and name my next dog Nyla, but I hear so many Nylas that I'm like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> Yeah, so anybody who has a doodle, don't don't at me and don't email me asking me how ignorant I can be, okay? So I'm sorry. I just did not know. <laughs> oh, right. my. So, so let me ask you this. Um, what have you learned about yourself? Mm, that I don't like humans? No, I'm just <laughs> Um That I'm, I'm more patient than I think. Yeah. Um, sometimes I find... And I think about this on a daily basis of if I can be this patient at work, I need to bring that same patience home mm-hmm. with whether it's my kids, my wife, like all those things. I need to bring that same patience to my house because it's not fair that I go to work and I'm I'm telling the dog sit 10 times. But then I come home and I expect everything to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to say it's something that I struggle with. I do just fine with it, but I keep that kind of at the forefront of my brain when I find myself getting frustrated about something. Mm. Like, all right, think about it and take a step back sometimes. Mm. I, I, you know, I I told you I've had, you know, and this is something I shared with Will when we were talking one day is I I have really learned about a lot about myself uh, working with Allegra because I, 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 one of the things I realized about myself is that I really, really have to learn how to dedicate more time to stuff I care about. Um, and that is the biggest lesson I've learned in training her and, and, you know, working with you. So I thank you for that, man, because that's, that's no problem. That is something that I just had never thought about with myself. I was just like, just going along and going along and going along. And, 
And when and one day when I realized that Allegra and I actually have a relationship, I was like, okay, I, I put in the time and look at look at how things are turning out right now. Exactly. And I mean, even for me, um, I realized that dogs will point out every flaw that you have in yes. character. Um, yes. So my dog, he shows me if I don't train him, at least, I mean, he's older now. So once or twice a week, he'll expose me and say, hey, you've been uh, inconsistent. And he'll expose me. He'll mm. take off out the door and be gone. <laughs> now, luckily, like, I can call him back and he listens. But he's like, all right, let me let me put you out there because I, I do. I train other dogs more than my own, just like any other professional. The long guy, he probably cuts everybody else's grass, but his grass is probably through the roof. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I have that same situation, but it's about like what you do when you realize that that's what I found. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes I got to keep that at the forefront of my brain because these dogs are at my house and my dog stares at me like you taking him out before me exactly so i i give him like the privilege of a lot of stuff like he's the first one out in the morning um and i have a certain time that i don't touch my boarding trains or borders until a certain time in the morning and then because i want him to have his yard his chill time because he don't like being out there with all them dogs and running around and playing he will literally go out there and sunbathe for 20 30 minutes mm -hmm. don't let the weather be nice he'll stay outside for two hours <laughs> so i give him that time but also like if it's a 20 30 minute thing and i know it's one of those days where he's going to be out for an extended period i let my other dogs out mm -hmm. because they need to go out first so i can kind of hustle some of them give them some free time in the house and then give him his time outside and you can just chill outside where they're roaming inside with me hmm. so it's a balancing act one of the things that I know you're passionate about is you are passionate about helping young people understand what it's like to be a business owner. Why is that? Just because, um, I mean, I see it on a good bit of basis of, like I said, they feel everything is, it's a given. It happens in two days. Um, just instant gratification is so real now with social media. Yeah. Um, Back then, I mean, I didn't have that. All I knew was hard work and get it how you live. And it's something might come out of it if you work hard enough. Um, But now, like, people look at Instagram and they see pictures and videos of other people and they think, oh, well, if I start this, it's going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's really not that way. I have a cousin. I mean, he's trying to do, like, the Bitcoin and NFTs and all this stuff. But he also wants to have a detailing business. So since the detailing business isn't growing as fast as he wants, he's going to all that other stuff. And I'm like, bro, that the hard work has been around since we started life. Mm -hmm. All this mm -hmm. other stuff is just pop ups and some people get lucky, some people don't. Yeah. But yeah. with anything like you do have to work hard. And I feel that's a big reason for depression and anxiety and stuff because you're looking at other people that's your age and you're like man i need to be there but you don't know how long they've been working at whatever it is i mean i'm eight years in and i'm still not where i want to be i mean i'm able to take care of my family and stuff but i still want to grow some more um and i i had i used to look up to my brother and be like man i need to be where he is he runs outback in jacksonville and he's two years older than me. 
Mm-hmm. But I had to constantly watch that. And then certain age, I realized, man, I'm not in a race with him. I can watch him and follow in his footsteps. But two years of life is a big thing. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting, though, the, the the fact that you focus on how people will lean on social media as something that they can use to grow a business. But, you know, when when I was doing uh, marketing and communications, uh, uh, you know, the university level, I actually ran into the same thing where people wanted to build a plan on social media exposure. And I was just like, well, social media exposure is good. It's a tool, but it's not where you want to build your existence because people are just way too fickle. (laughs) People are way too fickle. And so um, I I find that really interesting that part of it sounds like part of your commentary is, listen, at some point you're going to have to have some kind of human interaction and you're going to have to yes. actually you know go after it and you're going to have to actually work with customers and get to know customers and that sort of thing um because that is a grind it's not a it's not a thing that's going to happen tomorrow right and you know what i realized is i tell my daughter this all the time and i mean you can kind of vouch for it is think about how long instagram reels are or how long people's i think the average attention span is like 20 seconds or something like that if that long i mean i've heard people if say that it's like long. i've heard i've heard i've heard 0.8 seconds in some cases i mean so it people just go fast yeah so imagine i mean you see me train you know what i could do do to a dog in 15 seconds yeah. of a video <laughs> mm-hmm. imagine if i just post that i look like the best dog trainer in the world <laughs> yeah but that's yeah. not the case. I mean, I know that I, there's more to it in my yeah. um, industry. And I, I think even y'all came to me from word of mouth. And I love mm-hmm. the fact that my business thrives off of word of mouth. And I don't really need social media. I use it for what it's worth. But I don't get too much interaction from social media. Um, And I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me because that takes kind of like a job off my plate. I can post whenever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. But what I do want to start doing is kind of like I find I like that I'm private to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, the thing is people are nosy and they (laughs) want to see what you're doing with your life. So like, I want to start giving people like little tidbits here and there on like my day-to-day procedures and stuff like that, but not too much. Um, Just keep people guessing still, but that's something that I kind of set out to be a goal Mm -hmm. recently. <clears throat> to kind of give people something to watch. I mean, I just had a baby. I plan on getting a puppy hopefully soon. So, like, those are the kind of things that YouTube people and all that stuff, they start and get big off of. So I'm like, let me give it a shot and not be lazy. Okay, so I got two big questions for you. This is probably one know? of those questions a lot of people want to know. I'm sure people want to know, how many dogs do you actually have? I only have one. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm so. For everybody thinks he has like a, a posse of dogs at the house. No, he he has one. All right, there we go. Me too. <laughs> and no. and the other question. Oh, oh, we're about to we're about to meet him. Oh, we're about to meet him. No, nah, he's probably in the kitchen sniffing my burgers. Oh, okay, yeah, he has other stuff he needs to do. Okay, That's why so he's not coming. <laughs> so the other question, big question, and the last question, and I, and I think this is probably the most important question. Somebody is having that conversation like I had a couple of years ago. <laughs> hey, we're going to get a dog. We're going to get a dog. 
What do people need to know before they get a dog? Do your research on whatever it is that you want um, and be realistic if you're going to be able to maintain it. Um, people, there the biggest things people are looking at right now are golden doodles and um, Frenchies. Yeah. Golden yeah. doodles are extremely active and it's, yeah, you're not going to have the hair in your house, but you're going to be paying about 120 uh, twice a month, maybe, or mm -hmm. once a month at least to get a groom. Um, and uh, one of the best groomers, they're going to charge you more than 120. Mm -hmm. um, and that's if you want a good cut. Don't go to the groomer that's charging you $60 for a doodle cut because your dog going to be chopped up. <laughs> uh, but also, like, on the other hand, with Frenchies. Um, we don't really, we're not really fans of those in the pet industry. If you look at any trainer or groomer or anything, they don't have a Frenchie because of the fact that, first of all, the short snout, you can't really do nothing with that because they can't breathe. Yeah. They're, I mean, I've heard people spend $10,000 on those dogs. Wow. But then on top of that 10000 you got to spend probably another three to get the surgery they need to be able to breathe. Oh, they have wow. a ton of allergies. I mean, it's crazy the the money that you put out on those dogs after you bought the dog. And they're just, I mean, I don't want to, nothing against them, but it's like, they can't do anything for me. Like a German Shepherd, they're going to protect. The Australian Shepherd, that's going to be a herd dog. Like, we need work dogs. And I don't even want to say they need. But, like, if you think about a little bitty chihuahua, I mean, they're lap dogs. They don't really have, a, like, a purpose in working, per se. But at least that dog isn't going to require so much maintenance to where you're coughing out money. And Frenchies really don't live that long. Mm. So people people go along with whatever the trend is. Another trend is Corsos. People don't realize Corsos are that crazy. <laughs> if you if you don't socialize them, they are crazy. You know what? A cousin of mine got one, and he said the thing just ran to the fence one day and just ran right through it. Mm -hmm. I, was like, I was like, you, that freaking panther did that? Because <laughs> those things are huge. <laughs> that's a, and that's a decent case. I've had corsos that, like, I'm talking crazy to where they will flick out and oh, get aggressive. Wow. Because they require so much socialization, they're scared of everything, and some people think it's cute. Oh wow! People, it's normally our people that are like, "Well, I don't want my dog to meet everybody because I want him to be protective of the house and this, that, and the other." That's the worst mindset you can have because you'll just have to put them up for everybody now, instead mm -hmm. of the dog realizing, "Oh, this is a bad situation. I've been in plenty of good situations." I don't like this. Let me bite you. Mm, mm. So kind of like a well-rounded dog. My dog, I mean, he's cool as could be. Anybody could walk into this house. Mm. But if you touch somebody or you kind of look like you're not supposed to be here, that's when his intuition kicks and he's like, oh, this is weird. And if I'm not here, you by yourself. Mm. So, yeah, so people really, and I, I will say that is one thing Halima did that saved us a lot of headaches. I mean, she did a lot of homework on dogs and, <laughs> you know, and, and my son, this kid, he, he has, 
He just wanted to find the most expensive dog on dogs he could possibly <laughs> find. And I was just like, you ain't got, you don't have money, oh boy. I mean, I was just, I, yeah, I was like, you are out of the conversation. Oh my God. You are out of the selection process. And so, yeah, so we got our, mm-hmm. our, our beautiful Allegra and we are cool. Don't let the kids pick out the dog. God. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we my mom that. did it. <laughs> and that dog was gone in a year. Skittles, <laughs> Skittles is gone. <laughs> and Wilfred Hester is the owner and founder of Wilfred Dog Training. And Will, thank you so much for joining me on for our no edification. Problem. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. So here are my big three. The big three things that I took away from this conversation with Will. First. The thirst for instant gratification distorts vision. Clearly, in talking to Will, you could hear it, I could hear it, that instant gratification is something that grates his nerves. Uh, You know, here's a man that I think it grates his nerves so much because he is so used to the grind, right? And with him being so used to the grind, that helps him stay focused on what he wants to accomplish. The second thing is this, connect to life. One thing that Will kept drilling into my head and Halima's head as we were training Allegra is that the dog feeds off of our energy. And in general, he talks about how dogs feed off of people's energy. I think that's true of all living things, right? Because if you think about it, the energy that we give a lot of times is the energy we're going to get right back. Here's the third thing. Know the capacity that you have to fit things in life. I picked that up too in talking to Will. That last question that I asked him about what people should know before they get a dog. It was honestly a really practical question, but I got an answer that I think went so much deeper. I got so much more out of that answer. You can hear from him that he believes that too many people will pick dogs based on trends. I mean, I see it and I'm sure you see it too, right? And, and, and it's not whether or not they have the capacity to actually care for the type of dog that they want. But we can really apply that to a lot of things in life. I mean, um, do you have the capacity to purchase that item, right? Um, do you have the capacity to have, to have certain types of people in your life, the emotional capacity, the mental capacity to have certain types of people in your life, and sometimes the financial capacity? Uh, what about the hobbies that we choose to pursue? Do we have the capacity for that? The jobs even that we choose to pursue, do we have the capacity for certain types of jobs and, and other things in our lives that we make these choices about? If you think about it, and I've experienced this, if you're taking on too much, then you really are no good to the things or the people that you care most about. 
So many thanks to Will Hester for uh, joining us on for our edification. Check out past episodes of the podcast by going to eddiefrancis.com. You can also check out for our edifications uh, past episodes, at least a few of them on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So download, give feedback and share. So for Dr. Halima Leek Francis, I'm Eddie Francis. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of For Our Edification.